Hello, everyone. Mystic Chick here. It's about that time to grab a mistletoe mule, a winter solstice cocktail, or a winter is coming snow cone and get settled into a big puppy cloud of positive energy to contemplate another morsel of mystic goodness. So <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. Are you tired of the same solstice annual traditions? We're going to dig deeper to find some eclectic tips and tricks to make those winter celebrations a little bit more magical with a K because, you know, I'm doing it fancy. <laughs> I wonder what Virgo Lass has to say about my, my spelling of magical. Wait, how did you spell magical? <laughs> M-A-G-I-C-K-A-L. I, I have no problems with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was alerted by um, Grammarly that magical with a K is not a word, but I'm like, it's a word to me. I know. It's wordy enough. <laughs> it's wordy. <laughs> Every day people are making up their own words, okay? Like the, the additions to the dictionary now, like it used to take years and years before something could get in. Now it's like, you know, if it's trending for like a few months, it's in the dictionary the next year. Well, I saw somebody like kind of made a good point recently. It was like, I don't know, like one of those ask me anything type things. And uh, someone asked, um, you know, like, do you believe that magic is real? And they responded, magic, M-A-G-I-C, isn't real. And I think by that we're talking about like, flying on your broom and uh, like you know, um it's like harry potter um you know like a melting of water touches you that sort of magic fantasy magic that's not real but <laughs> magic with a k is real because that's energy <laughs> see that's a good way to uh kind of simplify things because yeah i just um <laughs> when I was thinking about the title for this episode, I'm like, all right, you know, last year, kind of like circling back to the solstice, you know, it's been a year, it's winter solstice time again. It's like, you know, how can we change it up a little bit? How can we do it a, a little bit, you know, spicier? Yeah, right. Because we already have a Yule episode. Like, um, everybody go back a little bit here and you'll find our Yule episode. <laughs> and that was more about like, you know, the kind of the typical traditions that everybody does. Yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to, I was trying to think of like, you know, thinking outside the box, how are we going to get outside the pod? <laughs> Outside the pod. Oh my gosh. Um, so before we, we delve into, before we go spelunking into solstice and Yule um, hidden traditions or things that just aren't talked about as much, <laughs> I don't know how many of them are hidden exactly, but <laughs> I don't want to be like, you know, saying these are all just coming from my own sense of awareness because I think I'm, I'm I'm finding them on places on the web the world wide web world wide uh... web <laughs> <laughs> but before we do all that it's cocktail time yes <laughs> <laughs> and the first one is a shout out to uh, Virgo Lass because it is a type of mule Yay, mule. <laughs> Yay, mule I I'm gonna see if I can find it though because I had like all these drinks 
in different um, places. And now I'm like, oh, no. Oh, okay. Mistletoe Mule. Here it is. It's on um, Cosmopolitan. (laughs) The place you go if you want to uh, find out any new info on um, alcohol or sex. (laughs) (laughs) Or makeup. That's about it. Makeup, hair, fashion alcohol and sex <laughs> in that order or maybe in not. that order oh my gosh okay so M- mistletoe mule now first of all i am not um a moscow mule person per se but i know that you are and so this is kind of an homage to you and the yule season <laughs> i mean i guess it depends on what's in it <laughs> um it is let's see two ounces of citrus forward gin um okay. An ounce of lime juice, two dashes of cranberry bitters, ice, and four ounces of ginger beer, and a cranberry skewer with mint leaves. Oh, okay. I would be into this. Like, if I saw this on a a cocktail list, I would at least order to try it. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you would, because it's got that kind of tartness that, you know, you prefer over sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always a little bit more into the sour. Okay. Uh, now there is one on the same on the cosmopolitan.com backslash. I didn't say what the backslash. What is this article called? The 28 best winter cocktails you need to curl up with RN, which apparently is right now. You couldn't I mean... just say it. <laughs> Whatever. Like, you know, if you're going to abbreviate the last couple words, you might as well abbreviate the whole darn thing. Like, this is the longest title to abbreviate the end, but whatever. <laughs> Underneath it does say cozy plus boozy. And I'm like, whatever. All right. I don't know if they're on their A game with this one, but um, okay. So the, the other one I didn't mention in the show intro but i just thought it looked interesting it's a dairy-free pumpkin spice white russian (laughs) oh i mean i would still be into that like we were taught we were talking about white russians last last week and i kind of dragged them a little bit but i feel like that's very seasonal (laughs) it is it is and this one has um let's see two ounces of vodka to which can you substitute gin for no we've had this talk before you can't put gin in vodka's place, correct? Unless it's a tonic. Oh, wait, for like a white Russian? Yeah. That would be terrible. There you go. Okay, can you tell I don't drink gin? <laughs> I mean, in, in any case, yeah, like a white Russian needs to just be vodka. <laughs> it needs to be who it is. All right, so... um. Two ounces of vodka, two ounces of coffee liqueur, three tablespoons of pumpkin puree. Wow. That's, I did not expect that. Pumpkin (laughs) puree. And then three tablespoons of J-O-I cashew almond or oat creamer, which I would think you'd probably want to lean towards nuts unless you have a nut allergy. I guess that's why they mentioned the oat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel yeah, I feel like cashew might be better if you're looking for like something that's a little bit more vegan. I've noticed, and I, I'm a huge fan of oat milk, like I am. But a lot of times in certain drinks, it just kind of ends up t- tasting like cereal milk. Uh, yeah, 
I've had some bad experiences with oat milk personally. I don't even know why, but like I I was going I picked up coffee from this place a couple times and they had they put oat milk in my coffee and it just tasted wrong. Like I I can do almond milk, no problem, but like the oat milk was like I don't know, oddly bitter and it just was like ah. Yeah, but uh, I think the people have been doing oat milk more because uh, almond milk is destroying the environment. One of the many things is destroying the environment. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, almonds require tons and tons and tons and tons of water to grow. And wait, 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 stop. Okay. okay. Before you go into this, should we have like some sort of themed music for Virgo glasses? <laughs> the skill corner. I was like, ruin almond milk. Sorry. <laughs> or, or it's like Debbie Downer from SNL. Okay. So <laughs> how are my beloved almonds killing the environment again? Um, because it takes tons of water to grow them and especially when they're trying to grow them a lot in order to make all this almond milk that everybody keeps drinking then uh, it's just a metric fuck ton of water that's just being wasted and um seeing how like people in california aren't even allowed to take a shower that's longer than five minutes anymore like we need to conserve our water all right all right so i'll switch to cashew milk I, I don't know i need to check my blood type again because like sometimes i do the blood type diet and i thought that cashews weren't really like perfect for my blood type but whatever i'll figure it out <laughs> otherwise i'm back to oats okay so you have three tablespoons of this creamer whether it's cashew almond or oat and then one and a half teaspoons of pumpkin pie spice a cup of pre-prepared cashew milk almond milk creamer or oat milk how is that different there's too many things in here one to two tablespoons of maple syrup optional or substitute honey date syrup agave or sweetener of choice whipped cream to top this this is too much it's too complicated just get a pie (laughs) eat your pie and then just do a shot of vodka yeah like the rest of us yes I give up. All right. So then uh, what's on the list? We have um, a winter solstice cocktail. Now, here is the thing that I learned about winter solstice cocktails. They are anything and everything you want them to be. That's very true. I mean, like there is no clearly defined recipe for a winter solstice cocktail. Like, I, I mean, seriously, you could just throw anything in a glass and call it a winter solstice cocktail. Yeah, I mean, I guess nothing too summary. Like, you can't, like, just give somebody a lemonade and vodka and be like, here, winter solstice, there you go. I don't know. Okay, so Martha Stewart's winter solstice. Because I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to be like Martha. I mean, because, okay. yeah, because Martha, I mean, she would know how to do it right. I, you would think, but I am going back to her website. Give me a sec. Okay. So winter solstice cocktail on MarthaStewart.com, you know, like she is the quintessential, like, you know, home and hearth goddess <laughs> who, who did time in the pokey. Um, yeah. and, and is also Snoop Dogg's best friend. Oh, God. <laughs> I cannot keep up. All right. So uh, hers, though, just has one and a half ounces of orange vodka, half an ounce of orange flavored liqueur, such as Contro. Uh, am I saying that right? I think so. Um, half an ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice, preferably from Meyer lemons. Okay. Ooh. Lemon snobs. 
ice cubes, club soda chilled, a mint leaf for garnish, and one paltry raspberry for garnish. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. And this cocktail recipe is courtesy of Charles Corpion from the Four Seasons. So, it sounds fancy, but it doesn't really have a lot going on. I'm like going this right now, too, because I just want to see like what the picture looks like. But, I mean, I, I guess... Yeah, I mean, I guess it could. I guess it could work. Like, I mean, you know, you're just keeping it simple and elegant. I guess I don't know. I feel like it's lacking something. So I then looked at another winter solstice cocktail recipe. Recipe. Say that five times fast on tipsybartender.com, and it's just oh, called well, Tipsy Bartender. They're gonna know. <laughs> it's just called Winter Solstice, and this one is completely and utterly different. Okay. So it has, how do they describe it? A tasty drink with Amaro, bourbon, and sweet vermouth. Okay, I'm into it. All right. So this one, and it has a lot of ads on it, apparently, that I have to keep clicking out of. But you have an ounce of Amaro. Am I saying that right? Amaro? I don't even know what that is. I'm trying to think of what Amaro is. I feel like it's almost kind of a, oh, I was about to say almond. but <laughs> Kind of like an almondy sort of liqueur. Ooh, okay. I do. I do dig a good almond liqueur. Okay, so um, one ounce of amaro, one ounce of bourbon, a dash of black walnut bitters, and an ounce of sweet vermouth, and then you garnish with lemon peel. Okay. So how wait. do you feel like that? I wait, mean, I, I'm I'm looking at this right now. Strain, mix into a martini glass, and express a flaming lemon peel. <laughs> Oh, I didn't put flaming drinks on the list. That was another one. They had some weird winter cocktails. <gasps> no, I mean, like, so is the lemon peel on fire as you, like, set it gently on the rim of the glass? Or <laughs> any more information? I I don't know. Like, I guess it depends on if you are <laughs> serving somebody you like or not. Like, I don't know when... <laughs> just drink it on fire I, I don't know how all that works I've never had a fiery drink I remember um, when I was like 21 um, somebody gave me a shot and then lit it on fire and my friend like said to me you're supposed to drink it while it's on fire and I was like I'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> we're not crazy <laughs> yeah it's like that just sounds like a bad idea uh, well, there is one on EliteDaily.com because I the, the winter is coming snow cone is actually on this website, but they do have a fiery liqueur cocktail. And there's, I don't even, they're not even giving me a recipe. You have to go to YouTube for the recipe, but it's. Oh, I hate that. Like, <laughs> I don't have time to watch a whole video about this. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's a mix of cognac, orange curacao, and cream de fig. So, and you light it on fire or something. It looks fiery. <gasps> All right. <laughs> Bring on the fire. Bring on the fire. So then to put out the fire, we have the winter is coming snow cone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it does look like a big pile of ice in a, a martini glass. And it's rimmed with some sort of sugary thing. It says it's a take, a chili take on a gin and tonic. So you make your own snow, but you have to go back to YouTube to find out how to make it. So, oh, goodness. Um, 
but it's EliteDaily.com, and the title of the article is Eight Winter Solstice Cocktails to Make Your Holidays Warm and Bright. Oh, and there is even got a like a little picture of a fake Jon Snow. It's, is it a fail? <laughs> When, that's like the Halloween costume version of Jon Snow. It totally is. Yeah. Like <laughs> basically just like a bad wig and, you know, the leather jacket that this guy already owned. And then he put like um, his girlfriend's uh, first stool on top. Oh my God. I wish I could know. And you can tell that this has been like, um, oh oh, yeah, it it credits fanboy Brandon on YouTube. And and it says, with with your own snow, this cocktail is not only epic for the winter solstice, but also great for when season eight finally hits our screens. Oh, you sweet summer child. (laughs) (laughs) Back when we were excited about the last season. Womp womp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, I don't even know how to feel right now, but that, so that was our, our, uh, wrap up cocktail was a snow cone. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not a huge gin and tonic person, but I think that I would probably try it in frozen form or try to substitute vodka. Possibly. My thing though, is that I like, I don't want to be more cold. Like all winter long, I'm already cold. So like, (laughs) Oh, give me your frostiest glass. Like I've, I already get like really annoyed when, because like restaurants like refuse to give you just like normal, like water that, like it has to be like super icy with like a million ice cubes in it. It's like, oh my God, it's like 30 below outside. Can I just have some room temperature water, please? And thank you. Oh, you want tepid water. You're a tepid water person. Hmm. Um, actually, I have heard that you're not supposed to drink ice water because ice puts out the fire. True. It's, Although yeah, I it's, guess if you were, um, if, if we're talking about like Ayurvedic, then if you're a fiery person, then that's actually a good thing. I actually know. A lot of people I know who are very fiery people, they love cold water. Like it just has to be, everything has to be chilled. Oh my gosh. I could never figure out my, (laughs) what do they call those? Starts with a D. Oh, your dosha? Yes. I was thinking dojos in my I don't know. I've been able to figure out my dojo. (laughs) Well, it's right down the street. Sweep the leg. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, So, Dosha, yeah, there you go. I could never figure it out. I think I'm a blend. I think every time I tried to take the Dosha test, I was a blend. I mean, most most people are a blend. I think that I'm um, like a Vada Kapha blend. Of course you are. Wait, so. You run cold, right? Or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I think that's what like vadas are. It's like, you know, they're always cold. Their skin is dry. Like they're super anxious. But I mean, I'm not like, I I keep my anxiety under wraps. So (laughs) (laughs) that's where the kapha comes in. I think where I get thrown. Huh. And pitta is the fiery one. Oh, pitta. Yeah. I don't know what blend I was exactly, but I do know that like it always confused me because I was very anxious, like anxiety prone. And I did have like dry skin, except on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Then I was oily and I'm like, I give up. Like I couldn't take the pressure anymore. And there was like something stomach related with like one of the doshas. 
Oh, that probably is Vada. I mean, Vadas are basically Virgos. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I need to go back. We should touch I, if i can get in contact with another uh, vedic astrologer i i th- i don't know if the one that i interviewed years ago is is still working uh currently but um it, it just there's there's a lot in that sphere that i would love to explore oh, again yeah that would be an amazing podcast oh, yeah and that stuff is so hard to sort out yourself you cannot just i tried get a book <laughs> Yeah, do it yourself. It's impossible. And I, I had even my results from when she read for me, and I like found them in my like files. And I'm like, all right, I'll get a book. I'll look these up again. I can do this. And it was like, no, I cannot. <laughs> this is all <laughs> like completely. Yeah. Okay. So that will be definitely. We will aim to do that on another podcast, but. Okay, so tonight with, um, there's a lot of things that I I actually dug up about winter magic and rituals that aren't the typical go-tos, but just out of curiosity, like as a jumping off point, um, winter solstice altars or just winter altars or Yule altars, how do you, like, do you do a seasonal altar, Virgo S? I really need to like just kind of up my game as far as doing seasonal altars um because <laughs> i really don't i mean um the one thing that i would say is that um i get a postcard from this one artist who's patreon i'm a part of and they can be seasonal so i'll usually uh just prop one of those up on my altar and so i have one now of like this sort of like warrior angel in these red robes <laughs> So Ooh, yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, Dame Darcy, shout out. <laughs> oh, is that hers? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, maybe you could share that with me later because I'm curious. Like, is the angel like any particular angel, or just kind of in just a general angel? I think general angel, but looks more like this is an angel that could fuck you up as opposed to like, <laughs> I'm a guardian angel. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. Some more like Michael. Probably. Kind of Michael or Gabriel. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but, but, uh, but she's got boobs. So. Okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll have to take a look at that later. So, um, I personally don't really, okay. I have an altar. I have altars scattered throughout my house as I've kind of confessed before, but none of them are particularly seasonal. Um, sometimes they'll try if I am going to do a seasonal altar, I tend to do them more often in the fall and winter than in the spring and summer, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I uh, got a lot more into it over Halloween, but I mean, Halloween is my favorite holiday, so it makes (laughs) sense. And I have like way more stuff like pertaining to Halloween than I do for Yule. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, um, I also just have a thing where like I have, yeah, they suggest putting like 
things that are edible on there, like, um, or like natural, like, um, you know, you could do like holly or fir leaves or pine cones and stuff like that. But I worry too much about, and I don't think that Bowie is at the point anymore of like trying to eat random things, but I just don't want to decorate my altar with things that could maybe kill my cat. <laughs> yeah, that's not like the the preferred method. And I think that's part of the problem, too, with like winter altar things is like, you know, OK, and to work it backwards also, I <laughs> am, am I am a hedge witch. OK, I'm not like uh, I don't even know all of the categories of witches off the top of my head. Like, um, you know, more than no, I mean, there's witches. like, yeah, exactly. There's like um hedge witch, there's kitchen witch, there's elemental witch, there's this and there's that. And I feel like it's something that you're trying to find your category is way more something that you're into, like when you're first starting out, you know, where you're just like, what kind of witch am I? Let's take all of these tests. And then like, after like a while, like after a year or so, you're just like, I'm just a witch, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that important, like whether I'm doing like you know stuff in the kitchen or if I'm communicating with spirits or animals or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think you make a really great point there because at first you really are trying to almost prove to yourself and the world that you are a witch. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's just like everything's so new, and you're like trying to define who you are and yeah. Yeah, trying to figure out where you where you fit into it all. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, I feel like <laughs> the practice of witchcraft is kind of like, do you remember those loves diaper commercials? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. This is and and these were popular. I don't know if they still because you know, even advertising is way different than it was a decade or more ago, but um 15, 20 years ago they would have these diaper commercials and the first baby, you know, you would like do everything perfectly and you would invest in the expensive diapers. Oh, I think and, I do remember this. Yeah. <laughs> and everything was, you know, very conscious. And then with the second one, you know, you're like, everything looks like, you know, craziness and chaos everywhere. And they're like getting the cheap diapers and they're like just trying to like slap something on that kid. So, you know, it doesn't, the kid doesn't make a mess everywhere. And it's like, yeah, it, the, the thing was, like live and learn and then get loves. And it was like, yeah. Okay. So over time, <laughs> your magical practice changes to more the loves diaper type of philosophy where you're just like, whatever does the trick in the moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whether you've had kids or not, whether you are ever going to have children or not, I think the loves diaper philosophy can apply because you're like, all right, been there, done that. I tried to do everything perfectly. I tried to do everything according to the book. And now, you know, my life has to keep moving forward and I don't have that kind of time all the time or it's just not me to be that perfect in that way. And so this is what works for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like when you first start off, you're like, I'm an ocean witch. I'm, I'm a fairy witch. I, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And then like, yeah, a year or two later, just like, I'm a chaos witch. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I Yeah, really just I am a witch, like period, end of story. That's it. Um, you know who you are out there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you make the magic work for you. And yep. 
that is the point I think is it's, it's an evolution. It's a, you know, you have to kind of find yourself in the process. And so for me, the altars are, yeah, I really feel very closely aligned with making a fall equinox or Halloween or, or fall type of altar. Um, and it fits very much in line with the day of the dead kind of, thinking too and just because the altar then is is this tribute to your ancestors to people who've passed there's like this huge connection for me with that kind of thinning veil and the 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 spirit world and the other side all of that so like i love the concept of a fall or halloween or day of the dead altar and then in winter and the solstice and everything i like the concept of a winter altar just because it's a time to go inward and you're almost looking for visual anchors to remind yourself of like what you need to be doing and that it's this darkness isn't going to last forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, all right, like you need something to kind of keep the faith. Um, but by spring and summer, it's like, yeah, I got this, you know, get outside, be in nature, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I got a handle on this. Like, you know, I don't really need the the visual reinforcement as much. Right. Like maybe just like pretty flowers on your altar. And I feel like it's way easier to get into like anything around like the fall solstice and the uh, spring solstice because we're so excited for the change of seasons. And then um, for winter and summer, it's just like, I don't know, I'm just cold all the time or I'm really hot and sweaty all the time. So (laughs) (laughs) it's, I mean, there is something magical about like, you know, the winter solstice being the shortest day of the year and the summer solstice being the longest day of the year. Yeah. There's something very powerful about that, but you're right. It's <laughs> as far as experiencing the seasons, it's it's less like sensual than I think the the fall and spring equinoxes are. Right. But anyway, so like Yule altars, I mean, you brought up a good point with the whole not worrying about killing your cat. I mean, I kind of hate some of the traditions of the winter season with poinsettias. For oh example. my God. Yes. I will never bring a poinsettia into my house. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of evil. Um, also like anything with red berries, it's like, it looks pretty, but I don't want it around my pets. Right. Because typically anything with red berries, I mean, unless you can, you know, put out some cranberries maybe, but like a lot of like just plants from outside with red berries are probably going to be toxic or poisonous in some way. Yeah, you really want to be careful of what you forage. (laughs) So anybody who wants to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at chick underscore mystic (laughs) for the last I am at Las Virgo. (laughs) If you want to reach out to us and school us on um, non-toxic berry things that we could put on an altar, um, you know, we'd be happy to hear. I just did not delve into that because it's just not kind of what I do. But 
The other thing is, it seems that, you know, it's like, ooh, candles, put out candles. This is the great time of year for candles. But then it's also like, ooh, let's put out these pine boughs and let's put all these things that could catch on fire on your altar around the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's dried fur and like <laughs> pine cones. <laughs> that are just going to keep drying out more. And I keep thinking, it, I'm going back in my mind like years and years and years to the, the magical Christmas tree I had at the age of 20 that um, let's get a real tree and um, then proceeded to like not be able to get it out of the condo for months and then it turned into kindling <laughs> oh <laughs> it was so awful and I just like could not lift this thing myself and I had a deadbeat boyfriend <laughs> so yeah so he wasn't helping <laughs> it was not it was not a good combination that was if you're going to be in a dysfunctional relationship make sure to get a fake tree <laughs> <laughs> just sad uh do not depend on the other person to make that go away all right so um, <laughs> but do you have any kind of things that you prefer to put on your altar if you do a kind of winter altar for goles i was thinking about um because uh they say that's like one good thing to do is like to get some altar cloth. And um, I was thinking I should like just go to a metaphysical store or something and, uh, or if, you know, metaphysical Amazon, (laughs) just (laughs) just like just buy a bunch of them just for like, um, just to swap out because that's just an easy thing to do, you know, like, okay, it's Christmas, let's put down the red cloth. Look at that festivities done and done. Let's put out the red cloth. Yeah, because I mean, and there's meanings in all the colors of cloth. And like you can choose what green for growth and prosperity and everything. And red is fire and passion. And Yeah, fire, passion. I mean, maybe abundance. Okay. Yeah. Abundance can kind of span several different altar colored cloths like gold and green and... The red and what was even purple, I think you could get away with. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially like a deeper purple if you want kind of that spiritual vibe, but you also want abundance. It just seems like, yeah. Uh, Also, um, uh, probably the easiest thing to do, too. I mean, like colored candles or um, also just like shifting your stones around you know it's like okay so let's take all of like the red and gold stones and make them more prominent yes yeah now do you have any particular red and gold stones that you usually use i've got some garnet and then um obviously like plenty of citrine and some pyrite pyrite is also like pyrite is like doing it for me right now because um for me the season usually means like trying to kick out that last bit of money before the new year so i'm just like yes pyrite help me sell all the things (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um now somebody i was looking at because there's a bunch of different like places that have their thoughts on crystal like winter solstice crystals and uh, winter solstice altar crystals and it seems like those kind of run the gamut too like you know you've got your pretty much anything and everything could work in some way (laughs) that i've seen i think that as far as coming up with things for your altar you really need to 
be guided first and foremost by your intuition. Um, like whatever vibes with you or whatever you're trying to process, because the winter solstice is all about going inward and reconnecting with your feminine side, your intuition, trying to figure out like what's working in your life, what's not working. And so I think you will be intuitively guided to seek out the things that are going to help you connect with that information if you just are open to it. But apparently Garnet is like the schnizzle for the winter solstice. Somebody, the blog Hibiscus Moon Crystal Academy um, is talking a lot about Garnet and that uh, specifically Almondine Garnet, which if you are not familiar with the Garnet world, there are a million different types of Garnet. But Almondine is a very red type of Garnet. Oh, yeah, I bet that's pretty. Yeah, the garnet that I have, I'm not sure like which type it is, but it's uh, more of like just a very sort of like dark, dark stone. Um, well, typically, the thing with garnet is that if you are going to get cheaper garnet, and a lot of times if you buy a tumbled stone of garnet, you know, for from a crystal shop or something, it will be cheaper. Um, it's not going to have that kind of clarity that... I mean and that makes sense because like the those bright red like really gorgeous garnets I mean those are usually kind of like backup rubies in a way so those are, <laughs> are gonna be a little bit more pricey <laughs> oh yeah and ruby is definitely one of the recommendations for a yule altar kind of situation so first of all almondine garnet is kind of reminiscent and apparently according to this person who wrote this blog post of the sacred yule berry so it's kind of calling out that color and um kind of tapping into that root chakra which is all about safety security root vegetables stews <laughs> <laughs> baths self-care like all of the things that you should be practicing during the winter solstice are all very root chakra related so yeah anything red or deep reddish orange carnelian is a great thing but also i have referred to this in um Another podcast, but Ruby and Zoocyte, number one, because it has Ruby in an affordable way, but Zoocyte is green and I've referred to it as the Christmas stone. So it blends red and green and you can get pieces that are just like a split of the Ruby and the green stone without any other colors mixed in. And it is absolutely gorgeous and still very affordable, but it's a way to get pure Ruby that has been, you know, has not been adulterated or treated in any sort of way. And it's still, um, if you look on like Etsy or something for a piece of jewelry or a crystal, it's pretty cost effective. I think you can find a good piece for $30 or less. Ooh, nice. I'm like, oh, I yeah. want to look that up right now, but I'm not going to shop Etsy while I'm doing this. I, no, but seriously, it is beautiful. I'll see if I can. I don't know if there's any way to post a, a picture of it. Maybe I could share it on uh, Twitter or something. Yeah, if you share it on Twitter, then people can always follow there. But yeah, I wish that we could post photos in the chat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Did we ever figure out how to do that? I don't think that we can. 
Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> Just, oh, well. Uh, but anyways, so some of the eclectic ways, because this is kind of a an eclectic Yule episode, solstice kind of thing. But I would I would say Ruby and Zoicide is an eclectic kind of altar pick. Yeah, I think that that, yeah, I think that that would be really pretty, something like that. Just, yeah, something just to get a little red in there, get that root chakra going. Yeah. And then some of the green stones that are a little bit kind of out there. I'm trying to think of green ones that are effect, like cost effective and, you know, green <laughs> <laughs> that haven't been dyed that aren't Amazonite. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like Amazonite. It's just, and it does, you can find it in like a bluish color or a greenish color. Like, a, and Russian stuff is kind of um, blended with cream. It's like spotty almost. I just, I love a green garnet. I think that it's absolutely beautiful. But chrome diopside is a more cost effective uh, green stone. You can also find helenite. I think it's a green obsidian that is pretty cost effective. You might need to go on Etsy to look for Helenite, but it is extremely gorgeous when you can find some. There, It's completely transparent, just absolutely like the best emerald in the world wants oh, to be. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I don't know exactly. I should probably check and see how much that runs. But um, yeah, so that's a good one. And you're right. Like, Pyrite is great. If you want to step it up a notch, you can um, put some, I'm going to butcher the name, chalcopyrite on your altar. I'm not checking that up right now. <laughs> Phonetically. It's C-H-A-L-C-O pyrite. Okay. Checking that up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like and, people also ask, what does chalcopyrite do spiritually? <laughs> Yes. Good. According to the internet, actually, according to feelcrystals.com, uh, removes energy blockages, cleansing, activating, and aligning chakras and energy bodies at the same time. I mean, okay. Like, I think, I feel like that's what all crystals do. Um. Like, I don't know. Just, <laughs> uh, like, that, that just kind of felt, felt a little vague. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I'm like checking because, uh, I was just working with this stuff. All right, let's see. The problem is you can't get the mineralogical meaning, like say that five times fast. <laughs> uh, meaning, let's see, you have to go for the... Okay, yeah, activates and aligns all chakras. Is that what you were looking at? Yeah, it was just under like the people also ask. Okay, Um, it increases happiness. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it resonates with the higher chakras. It's acknowledged as a stone of the mystic. It connects you to the higher mystical realms. It's a stone of abundance, and it helps increase happiness, joy, and belief in yourself. So I would definitely try to to uh, find some chalcopyrite to put on your winter solstice slash Yule altar. It's, again, C-H-A-L-C-O pyrite p-y-r-i-t-e and you can actually find it probably pretty cheaply on amazon or at most metaphysical stores at a metaphysical store near you <laughs> or you could also find it on etsy i mean everything that i mention any kind of obscure crystal you can probably find on etsy yeah mostly i use um pyrite because the pyrite has also been known as fool's gold 
people would like go panning for gold like back in the day they'd find some pirate and be like i'm rich and then it turns out that they were not rich <laughs> <laughs> but, but pirate is also supposed to be i think it's sometimes known as like um the shopkeeper's crystal because uh, if you keep some by your cash register it's supposed to uh help you know help bring in those sales that cash money well also bring, Citrine, bring in that cash course. money <laughs> <laughs> there's like so many things like jade and citrine also and those are oh, yeah for, yes yeah. I, I like doing like a little mix of like citrine for yeah citrine for abundance and money coming in and prosperity and um garnet for attraction oh yeah yeah definitely oh um also a side note on helenite um i'm not usually into like created stones or anything but it is a man-made stone created from volcanic ash from the 1980 Mount St. Helens eruption. Ooh. And it's also known as obsidianite. Nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it, if you look it up, it's it's gorgeous. I mean, it's very, um, and it's really cheap. <laughs> so um, there's that. What else? Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. It's like this gorgeous emerald green. It really is. It's gorgeous. Uh, but chrome diopside, chrome diopside is also great. Uh, you might run into some, well, it can be pretty cheap. Like if you get a stretch bracelet of it or a tumbled stone, chrome diopside should be pretty cheap. Uh, it's not going to have the clarity of the, you know, cut stones that you'll find in jewelry, but it does lean a little yellow. So I guess it's a kind of a vibrant, punchy yellow green it's very green it's definitely green it's not like peridot but it's got a hint of yellow in it so helenite i feel is a little bit a truer green yeah i'm looking this up right now and yeah i can see it's like yeah definitely a little bit more of a yellow green especially when it's not tumbled yeah so savorite though <clears throat> Savorite garnet is also a green garnet that is extremely expensive, but it is extremely gorgeous. Another like really um, cost ineffective one to put on your altar is uh, um, <laughs> I'm like blanking on the name now. I just had it. It is absolutely beautiful. It does lean a little blue. Um, it's got almost a waxy consistency. You might be able to find some smaller pieces of chrome diopside. Wait, not chromodioptase, um, sorry. Dioptase is uh, blue-green, chrome diopside is green-yellow. Uh, but anyways, the diopside is oh, very... Oh, yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah, it's sort of like almost like deep teal. Yes. Um, you can get some that is definitely like very close to green, yeah, but I mean, it's still really like, it's almost like the color of like a blue fur archery. There you go. Okay. So yeah, just some options for green dioptase. And it, dioptase comes from the Congo and it grows, the, the crystalline structure is, it grows very small. So when you find a larger piece of it, it's hugely expensive, but it is just wonderfully 
gorgeous. And diaptase, the meaning is, at least according to the crystalcouncil.com, a vibrant talisman of the heart that can help one relinquish extremely sensitive emotions such as grief, trauma, depression, anxiety, and self-hate. This special mineral exposes one's heart and brings about soothing waves of life force energy that helps reset one's emotional body, which is perfect for this time of year of going inward. Oh, I was just thinking that. It's like, I'm gonna have to get some of that for the sad months. Yeah, (laughs) I just... uh... Um, also, uh, some things to change up your Christmas altar, you can do like Christmas cactus instead of say poinsettia or anything with, um, you know, pine or, you know, evergreen kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And also if your cat jumps up and like tries to eat that, he will never make that mistake again. Well, no, no, no. Christmas cactus isn't pointy. It's not. Oh, it's not. Well, I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, at least it shouldn't be. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I think it fl- has small, like, red flowers, or it can be different colors of flowers, and it's very, um, it almost looks like chain lengths of succulents. Oh, yeah. That is very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm looking at it now. It's very, like, I don't, it's, it's interesting, though, because it's also, like, this fuchsia pink. So it's not like a typically a color that I would associate with Christmas. I think you can get it in other colors, though. There might be a red or a white also. I'm trying yeah, to... Yeah, I think I see some reds. Yeah, you can get it in like yellow, orange, red, fuchsia, purple, or white. And like purple, the orange, the yellow, like a lot of those will work on an altar because, you know, you're bringing in the that abundance energy, the sun energy... Um, to kind of bat away that seasonal affective disorder. So there's choices, but it could be like a, a fun little thing to change things up instead of your typical evergreen. Yeah, exactly. Since we're I thinking think. outside the box. <laughs> I'm like looking up that Christmas cactus, poisonous. Oh, is it? I don't even know. Let's find out. It's not toxic or poisonous to cats, but... Oh, look at that. <laughs> but oh no it should not be eaten anyways or a sensitive cat eating christmas cactus may suffer an allergic reaction uh i don't know i guess it could be it's definitely less troublesome than having a poinsettia in your house that's for certain yeah exactly i mean that's the thing poinsettias and lilies it's like you just don't even want them to be in the same room as your animal because they are so super toxic like even just inhaling the pollen Oh, ew. Okay. And then um, also it's not a fire hazard like a pine bough would be. Yes, <laughs> that too. <laughs> that. I mean, I'm just saying like, okay. So then um, what else goes on an altar? We have candles. Yep. That's a no brainer. Okay. And then are there any like, you know, specific types of candles or rules you follow with candles on your winter solstice altar? I mean, I don't follow rules at all. <laughs> I mean, again, like if you wanted to, you could just do like red candles, gold candles, um, like Bath and Body Works candles, something cranberry scented, all sorts of things that you could do. But I mean, I feel like um, if you just want to 
keep it keep it kind of easy breezy. Um, I think the easiest thing to do is maybe just um, maybe just like even draw like a little sigil in the candle wax, like something for like the prosperity and abundance that you want to bring into the new year, and then just let that melt. I mean, draw like a little Christmas tree in the wax, something like that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, bring the outside in. Yes. <laughs> with Glade or your candle of choice. <laughs> uh, so if I'm going to like, cause I'm just trying to like brainstorm just ways to make this like a little bit crazier than normal. So how about like the disco candle, like flameless candles that's like change colors of light. That's a thing. That uh, okay here, <laughs> funny story. So I was doing a seance, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, I don't have a lighter. And then I realized that I had some flameless candles. So I'm like, all right, you know, because I use um, a selenite candle holder for seances, and it's it's very it's huge. It's a huge candle holder. It's a huge piece of selenite, and it's very. Uh, it's yeah. got a lot of power. Okay, I mean, like, yeah, we, we've got these at um, uh, at my work, you know, at the spa where, yeah, it's just kind of like a little electric candle. Yes, and it had kind of, like, I... I wasn't like thrilled when I got them. I, I was like looking for tea light flameless candles and they're hard to find that, you know, like ones that look more realistic. So this one had kind of a fake, you know, flame top, but I didn't realize until I turned it on that it was going to circle through or cycle through a bunch of different disco colors. I oh my God, that's just... so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It definitely brought the party to the spirit world. Like I think they appreciated it, but it definitely like threw me off a little bit because I'm like, oh my, this is, this is kind of colorful. Oh no. <laughs> but perfect for a solstice altar. So if you're going to do something a little crazy, I would I would consider the flameless candles that have the different color changing lights because it, it definitely kind of brings the party to your altar. I could see that. Yes. I mean, I guess if you're going there, like there's also um, like there are all of these lamps and light bulbs now that you can get that like can change different colors and uh, that you can really use to like just sort of like set the mood with your um with your entire room so i'm um, just doing like kind of like a sort of moody sort of red shade in red shade in your living room just kind of you know, just turn the whole thing and turn the whole thing into christmas <laughs> get that mood lighting I gotta love mood lighting. Um, <laughs> so, and I mean, I think also like just thinking about, okay, it's not just about Yule or winter solstice. It's about like, you know, what kind of like mood do you want to create? Like what kind of theme do you want to like kind of set for the next year for yourself, for, you know, your own, you know, like who, who do you want to be? Like if you're kind of figuring all that out that might be a way, you know, using the altar might be a way to kind of help facilitate that growth for the next year. So just setting out anything that will help you kind of focus on your goals more even or. Yeah. And I think that it really is the usually the point of an altar is um, and the whole point of like changing it up is changing it up with your intentions. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, 
if you want a calmer existence for the next year, then maybe, you know, you do the white lights and you do some vanilla scents or something, even cypressy and just kind of calming, whatever. Um, and if you want to have more, if you want to travel more, if you want to be more engaged in life, if you feel like, you know, you've been like on automatic pilot, then definitely I think add more root chakra stuff, add more, you know, carnelian, more red, more spicy smells, you know, whether that's cinnamon or amber or, you know, things that kind of engage your senses on a, a, a higher level, even like, you know, all spice you could do like a pumpkin pie spice or something or clove. Oh, that actually touches on something that um, I, uh, was going to uh, talk about is um, one sort of like little kitchen witchy magical thing that I've been doing that I think that is probably really fun too for this time of year is doing a simmer pot. Ooh, okay, yes. Tell us about the simmer pot. So it's just um, you just like boil a little bit of water on your stovetop and uh, you just throw in. Um, Anything that's going to smell good. I mean, this is basically like you're creating like a potpourri. And mm. also good too if you're really not into candles. If you have like toddlers or like inquisitive kittens or puppies and you're worried about lighting candles. Um, uh, this is kind of a nice way to get some like nice smells in your house, get some energy moving. But you can choose... Um, uh, like, I mean, if you look up kitchen witchery, there's like a million things that will tell you like this herb does this and this one does that. But um, if you want something just like good and basic, just something for protection, just like um, slice up some lemons, throw in a little salt, and you've got some protection going on. If you want to bring more abundance into your life, then maybe throw in like some cinnamon, some cardamom. Some um, orange. Yeah, some orange, uh, things like that. And then just, um, yeah, just let it simmer for a while. Just kind of like, you know, just uh, you you want to watch it enough so that all of the water doesn't like boil away and suddenly your pot is on fire. Like, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you could even like just bring it all to a boil and then just turn off the flame and then just kind of like let... Let, let it keep permeating into the air. Or I suppose you could even use like one of those little um, crock pots that they use for dips. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because, <laughs> yeah, then you could just keep it going for, so say you're throwing a party or something for the winter solstice or the Yule, you know, and you could just keep it going all day. But um, another, I think that's actually a really great idea, though, because it's very, you know, you're setting an intention and you're engaging the senses. And I feel like anytime you can set an intention and make it real to your physical body, it's like, it makes it way more possible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so another thing in the intention setting realm is uh, doing a like a rollerball for the and the intentions you want to kind of set. So whether you want to, you know, add more creativity into your life for the next year or more calm or whatever, just kind of combine some essential oils with some, you know, whatever type of oil you use as a carrier, whether it's, you know, an almond oil or a olive oil or a 
grapeseed oil or whatever, you know, whatever type of oil you use, and then mix some different essential oils to kind of give you a boost in that direction. And then you could even throw some gemstone chips into the rollerball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, if you do want to add, you know, you want to be more creative for the next year, then um, I'm trying to think, I think grapefruit oil helps with creativity. Um, You could also even do like a mint to keep your head clear. You can add some creative uh, like orange crystals, anything like orange speaks to that sacral chakra, which is, you know, where creativity originates. So I don't know, carnelian or um, gosh, what are some other like orange crystals? Maybe amber. Yeah, amber would be a good one. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, you could even throw in a a few citrine as like, you know, your solar plexus kind of like that personal power. So you're like owning that creativity, but like whatever, you know, story you, you want to kind of live out for the next year, you know, you can craft that between the oils and the gemstones and really make this intentional rollerball and then just kind of use it you know, throughout the year, just to kind of remind yourself of your intentions. Remind yourself who the fuck you are. (laughs) You go girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I mean, you know, it's just, um, and you know, you, you talked about sigil carving and I think that that's important to just whatever you want to. Yeah. I mean, well, that's actually the cool thing about a roller ball is that you could just draw the um, sigil onto your body with the rollerball. Ooh, there you go. See, you're always like, you know, thinking you're like combining things and whatever. I'm trying to think of any of anything else that could be kind of outside the box as far as setting up an altar. And <laughs> it's just, I think maybe even just a reminder Um, Not just uh, symbols of abundance, because, you know, yeah, that's a big part of it. But maybe some reminders of the things that, you know, you do want to get more in touch with. So, you know, if you want to kind of really delve into the runes this year or something, maybe putting your runes out on your your altar or just anything that you want to connect deeper with or you want to incorporate into your practice for the next year. That might be something. So like, you know, putting out your pendulum, if you want to kind of dig deeper with your pendulum for the next year or, um, you know, a dream book, if you want to start working on analyzing your dreams more and, you know, getting that dream journal by your bed Right, right. I mean, probably like a good time to, right, just a good time in general, like when we're all kind of like reflecting, looking back, but also trying to look ahead is just, just kind of like, yeah, flipping the energy around a little bit. Like if you have like the same deck of Oracle cards that you haven't touched in forever, then (laughs) maybe it's time to like move that off. Maybe like, you know, um, get get something that's taking your attention more and putting it on there. Oh yeah. I do have a note. Um, I'm going to actually go to this one post for a second, but one of the suggestions in this post is winter themed Oracle or tarot cards. So I have never been like a seasonal themed card person, but this is kind of causing me to think maybe I want to give it a try. Yeah, that could be kind of fun. 
Okay, so there was this post I came across. I think it's dated from 2016, uh, but it's called. There's, it's yeah, it's kind of like old school, um, kind of blog posting too. But it's winter witchy things to do, and it's from this place called of clouds and stars. Tumblr.com. Yes, I was looking at that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like this really does look like old Netscape navigator. (laughs) Yes. Early days of the internet. (laughs) Yes. And, um, it has a section for daily crafts. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's cute. Uh, Ooh, magical crafts. And there's a whole directory of crafts. So paper magic, candle magic, talismans, music magic, uh, miscellaneous crafts. And then there's cottage witchery with kitchen magic, cleansing, bedroom magic, bedroom oh, magic. That's We're gonna bedroom magic. Ooh, <laughs> um, bath witchery and garden and herbs. So we might hit the bedroom magic for another upcoming adult themed episode. So anyways, the post though is talking about what winter witchy things to do. And they kind of have it broken down into sections. The first one being collecting. So you have uh, collect pine cones, which I forgot to mention pine cones. Everybody puts pine cones on their altars, though. But you can get scented pine cones now also at a million different stores. I know First Time had pumpkin scented pine cones, which I'm what? like, I don't That's know. just weird. Yeah, that was a little out there. But um, there were cinnamon and then there were like, van- I think there were vanilla pine cones. I would probably do vanilla because I love vanilla. But um, you can use pine cone thorns for protection or leave them as offerings to nature as bird feeders all you need is peanut butter and seeds for birds to eat oh that's fun yeah i could yeah it's way better than dunking them in suet like the the like pork fat or something like those are so nasty (laughs) to make your own bird feeder things where you're like ew this is so gross and okay um then there's also winter water so um, snow water can correspond with patience, growth, and purity. And it actually reminds me of the, the rune, I think it's Hagal, uh, but it means hail. And it's all about kind of like, I think obstacles and like having to kind of like stay where you are for a little while, like you're frozen somewhere, <laughs> but uh, just kind of forces you to go inward. Uh, but I'm blizzard- also seeing over here, ice rain for petty hexes. Huh. <laughs> right just pick up some hail <laughs> oh my god that's great i like that and the accumulation of something so yeah icicle water for protection and defensive magic oh that could be fun melt an icicle yeah i like that okay um and then that kind of so i don't know winter water goes into snow and ice magic though because that's the next category and i'm like ah, eh, could you have like put that in this other category instead i don't know right it's kind of very blurry but i mean i guess that winter water i guess it's kind of like you know when you make your moon water under the full moon or whatever um but yeah a a lot of this looks really cool it's like uh, making ice lanterns making ice capsules and things like that Frost scrying, that, well, that's actually very cute, can be done by divining the frost on icy windows. But a lot of this, like, I mean, I'm a person where I hate being cold, so <laughs> I'm not going to be playing around in the snow and the ice too much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the frost scrying looks fun. Um, there's also, my favorite, though, is snow sentinels. 
So uh, to protect the home, you can mold them to look like ordinary snowmen or shape a monster from the snow, whether it's a Yeti or something else. You could have a snow troll, apparently, emerging from the depths of your front lawn. But you could also put um, a little tiny snowman or something on your altar as a form of protection. Oh, that's cute. That would be fun. Or like a little Yeti, or you could even uh, find one of those like little cartoony. Do you remember that claymation, like um, all Christmas thing where they had that snow Yeti kind of figure? Oh, yes. Oh, God. What was his name? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> that is a fine question. I was actually... <laughs> Like just the whole like um creating your own little um snow monster reminded me of Calvin and Hobbes, so I had to look this up. The attack of the deranged mutant killers monster snow goons. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's awesome. Like you know, tap into that. So get creative with your altars this year. Like really, kind of treat them maybe even like a diorama. Right. <laughs> like really create a scene, either create a scene of like protection or some sort of intentional scene of some sort that, you know, you want to envision your life in the next year. You know, maybe you have like somebody frolicking in the snow or, you know, just building a snowman or having that Yeti chasing after someone and saying, you know, your intention is to just kind of like grab life by the... <laughs> And just, you know, really like, you know, put yourself out there, you know, get chased by a Yeti. <laughs> Live life, feel your, you know, heart race a little bit. Do something, you know, like jump out of a plane, get chased by a Yeti. Same difference. Potato, potato. I'm like trying to look this up now. What's the snow Yeti? The snow Yeti cartoon. The heat miser the one. Was that the same one or different? No, that was with Rudolph, wasn't it? The snow Yeti. I'm confused. I'm yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, I think I found this guy. Where is he from? Well, that's from Monsters, Inc. We're not thinking about Monsters, Inc. That's not our generation. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard no. <laughs> like, it was, like, from, like, I think one of, the, like, the old school Rudolph cartoons. Oh, my. Yeah. No. Uh, somebody knows what we're talking about. Somebody, somebody out there in the snow. Rudolph, an abominable snowman. Oh, how, oh. how were we not able to think of that? I there don't he know. Is. Yeah, he was adorable. But yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like, I kind of love the idea of like creating a Yule altar that's a very meaningful to you, where it's, you know, you're reflecting and you're like inviting all of this, like, you know, prosperity for the new year but like somebody just like walking into your house would see it and be like what the hell is going on here you got your abominable snowman and like just like he's like blood red candles everywhere and or just the light candles as the case may be and your christmas candle your christmas cactus and you know just like he's like <laughs> dripping with like rubies and emeralds and <laughs> <laughs> so this could be the challenge like i would love people to like you know share their 
po- like pictures of their altars, even on Twitter or something with me or, or something, but like, you know, just how crazy can you get your altar for this year? Like what kinds of intentions can you set? Like how crazy can your intentions be? Like, you know, let's see these things. I, I really am curious. I, I, it has inspired me to do something really like just, just, you know, stretching those boundaries this year. Yeah, I I agree. Like, I mean, I feel like we just had two years of being inside and doing like a lot of self reflection. So like, it's 2022. Let's get back out there. Let's make these altars crazy. Yeah. seriously and if you need to like you know you can rely on there's like a lot of this is gonna sound kind of nutty but like there's a lot of stuff they use for like elf on the shelf now like i think i have some ski gear tucked away for the the elf (laughs) (laughs) but you can even like grab an elf on the shelf and yeah they're not supposed to be touched but like you know this is you do you like you know this is your vision they're they're not supposed to be touched i thought this that was like the entire point was oh my god uh, or, or no, they're not supposed to be touched until the kids go to sleep. Is that it's right? Hellacious, hellacious. <laughs> um, it is a way to torture yourself. Like if you want to get into BDSM this year, get an elf on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Dress it up in a little other outfit and be like, yeah, that's I'm stretching my boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Literally. I guess. I mean, I guess that would be one thing to do with like. An elf, if like your kids are like adults and they're not using it anymore, it's like dress the elf up every day and have him do something that you want to be doing. Oh my like, god! Yes. Yeah, like, have, like you know, dirty. Yeah, it doesn't have to be dirty. Maybe like you know, there's like a, there are a few dirty things in there, but like yeah, he could like have a little suitcase and go traveling, or he could be like a little business suit going off to his new job. <laughs> yes, I mean you could also do this, I guess, with Barbie. Barbies, Barbie and Ken, all that jazz. You could also do it with maybe even American Girl dolls and like yeah, all that. Maybe they you're all a, those weird things. Huh? Maybe you're an abominable snow monster. <laughs> yes. I mean, seriously though, like think about it. Like, but if you want to be, you know, say you want to be a little bit more passionate this year, put a pair of like fuzzy handcuffs on your altar. Let's just do it. You know, let's put yeah, it on. Right? Yeah, another thing to uh, scare people walking into your house with. But, like, we're into it. We're leaning into it. We are leaning into the weird in 2022. And you just did a play off of runes again, because there is the weird rune, which is, like, anything and everything is possible. You know, like, the, the wheel keeps turning. There you go. It's weird. It's, you know, just throws a little crazy and chaos into the mix. Right. Yeah, we are, like, mixing it up this time. Getting weird, getting chaotic. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh, that just—I don't know. There's a there's a lot to uh, to process with this. <laughs> Seriously, there's a lot to process with this episode. So, anyways, um, going back to the that one blog post that looks like it's very retro. Um, so the thawing salt that you have for the ice on your property, you can bless it and you could also do magic to ward away negativity from around your home. Usually after you put it on the walk- walkways or whatever, and it makes great wards to protect from icy roads and unpleasant energy. And I use like the, when I can use salt, I like the pet friendly variety uh, just because I have a dog and don't want it to get in his paws and get all weird. 
but I don't know if that would technically qualify. I'd have to check and see what the what it's made out of. Yeah, I mean, I feel like any sort of salt should be fine. You would think. One would think. If there's salt in it, that's my question, though. Like If, it's if there's actually the, salt. salt. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of, now I have to check. But, um, okay, so then it's there's also a couple other things on this winter activities kind of blog. But one of them is self-care. We also have cooking. But under self-care, we have um, kind of basically all of the things that you want to do that, that you're Either you do because, you know, you have the time and there's nothing really else to do because it's dark and snowy or sleety or whatever outside. Uh, but also, you know, you get a lot of Christmas presents of bath things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you know, nature's way of saying, hey, go inward, take, you know, take a bath, you know, use some bath salts, use some scrubs, essential oils, um, anything that smells like a vacation, anything that smells like a cookie, anything that smells like, you know, calming. I mean, basically anything and everything you can make into a treatment. You can make your own scrubs with, you know, sugar and a little bit of almond oil or olive oil and just kind of rub it into your skin. Add a couple drops of essential oils. Do not go crazy with essential oils. No, a little bit goes a long way. Oh my gosh, a drop or two. Um, and, you know, you're probably best if you look up a recipe first so you don't go all vigilante and get some sort of weird um, skin reaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Um, uh, you know, anything that's... So peppermint's also really good this time of year. It could be very clarifying. It could be uh, help with headaches, with stress relief. It can help with nausea. It can help with... God, what does... What doesn't peppermint do? Um, really? <laughs> I just, uh, it can also just kind of, I think you could even use it with uh, mediumship. And they're also talking about cedar oil, which is also used in mediumship. But uh, frankincense, myrrh, uh, those things you can actually, they're great for this time of year, but they also bring in the spirits and then like cedar and pine smells and everything can then release the spirits. So whatever you, you need in your life, whether it's, you know, more interaction with your ancestors, then, you know, bring in some of that frankincense and myrrh, or if you want, and mostly frankincense. Um, and then if you want to banish anything, if you're worried about um, any residual energies or ghosts, or like um, if you have Anybody who's died in the house in the last year, if you've had a breakup and somebody moved out, then definitely do more of the cedar or pine kinds of things, even myrrh, just clear everything out. You can sage the place if you need to with what? Not the white sage, just general sage. Just ju just general sage. I mean, okay, I, we're always talking here about how um, uh, with burning white sage, which is like the traditional thing that you see in every single metaphysical store and everything like white sage is being like, like I talked about with the almonds earlier, way over harvested. And so Native Americans can't really like use it for their ceremonies as as well, because like, white people are using it to bless their yoga studios. <laughs> but, yeah. but like also though, if you, if like the sage is just your jam and that's what you want to use, I mean, you can use it, but like the best thing you can do is 
buy from a Native American. Like, just like go on the internet, find a Native American who is like make made their own sage bundles and give them money. Yeah, definitely. It's. I it's, mean, you're buying from the. It's better to buy from the source anyway. So true, and you know, there's definitely a bunch of other things you can do if you don't. If you're too worried about using sage and you're you're not sure you're using the right one or whatever, um, you can even kind of cleanse the area with like sound. You can use bells. You can use um, like little drum tiny beats. gongs. Yeah, drum beat anything. You know, just kind of. It's all about the intention, really. Yeah. You can walk through the house and be like, you know, out spirits, out. You know, <laughs> seriously. I mean, again, talking about like the kind of which you are in the beginning and the kind of which you are like towards the end, where it's yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, like in the beginning, like, you know, you're ringing your bells and burning your sage and doing like all of these mystical things. And then like after a while, like, you know, after a few years, you're just like banging like a wooden spoon against a pot saying, all right, time for you to go. Everybody out. <laughs> yep. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> you shake some salt in your hand and you pinch it out and you throw it somewhere. It's like, all right, you know. <laughs> just throw this throw handfuls of salt into the air. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> All right, we can move on. But yeah, I mean, I it just it definitely you know you get to a, a sort of comfort level with working with you know different energies and stuff, and you do what's right for you. And and everything you know, there's a time and season for everything. There are times in your life where you're probably going to be wanting to do things in a more ornate fashion, and then there are times that you just won't have the time, and you know, or you're just too tired, and you just want to get it done, and you know got to make the donuts or whatever. Yep. Um, so those are, those are times when, you know, you can change things up. So apparently you can also bless your clothing with protection. You can coat the dryer balls with cinnamon oil and cedar. You know, I just don't know how I feel about that. I mean, okay, I, I will say that if um, someone has a problem with moths, that would actually be like a really good deterrent for the moths. But like cinnamon oil, like oils in your clothes, like I just can't see that being good for your clothes. Yeah, I really don't either. I mean, I guess that's why they said to do it in like a dryer ball. And I mean, there are probably dryer balls out there where like you can like put the essential oils like on the inside. So just kind of like sense them without um, the oil touching your clothes. Maybe. I know like at Trader Joe's, <laughs> shout out to Trader Joe's. Uh, go ahead and sponsor us if you really right? like our podcast. <laughs> we'll be happy to have you. Uh, we'll talk about you all the time. Um, but anyways, I use these lavender sachets in the dryer instead of dryer sheets. So I suppose you can make your own sachet with, you know, some herbs that are protective, you know, like kind of pine-ish things and then yeah, maybe put I mean, some cinnamon oil on that and then just yeah, put it any in the sort bag. Of like, yeah, any sort of oil that you want. Like maybe you don't want to smell like cinnamon. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe lemon sounds like more of a fresh scent to you. I mean. Uh, yeah, really. Well, they also say cedar. So if you want to smell Christmassy, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, know that, I know that lemon is also very protective. And it's very clean smelling. Yeah. <laughs> it's and it trans it it transitions seasons well. You can smell yes. lemony in the summer and smell lemony in the winter and be okay. Yeah, exactly. nobody is ever going to be mad at you because you smell like lemons. 
Yeah, but if if you're walking around in summer and you smell like cinnamon, people are going to be like, what? what? Like, they're yeah. all thrown off. You're just going to distract them. It's They're going to feel a little angry for no reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or like, why do you smell like, you know, a pumpkin spice latte? It's like, you know, April. Get it together. Yeah, exactly. Get it together. Um, get your life. <laughs> get, <laughs> speaking of food, so there's also cooking on this uh blog post and it's um apparently i i think they're taking some some uh, leaps here but witches love to make spells with infused waters and I'm, I'm like i don't <laughs> yeah i <laughs> haven't at it. I, I haven't gotten into it yet like i mean i just don't i maybe i should maybe uh maybe one of these days like there's actually a new moon coming or a, a full moon coming up maybe i'll go ahead and i'll make some moon water and i'll be a convert maybe it'd be like how have I not been using this moon water before? Like this is changing my life. That's uh, true. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I, I just haven't gotten into it yet. There's just it feels like there's just some, something so fussy about it. Although there is a cheat apparently, and this I can do. It's uh, teas spells for teas because oh, it's yeah. basically hot infused water. So bless your thermos. Um, every morning, make a, yourself a magical tea blend. Uh, before you leave for work or school, you can have peppermint for clarity, um, cinnamon, or, you know, also if you are maybe taking a test that day, you could do like um, either a citrus one to kind of keep you energized or peppermint to keep your mind clear, uh, cinnamon spice for fiery energy um, and passion. You could also do vanilla, I guess, for that. Black tea for alert energy, orange spice for zesty creativity, and the list goes on and on. So, um, oh, and also, like, if you're a coffee drinker, like, uh, coffee is extremely magical. Like, if you add, like, a little bit of, like, coffee grounds to, like, any spell that you're doing, it, like, totally just gives it a punch. You can, like, meditate with like a coffee bean by like whatever chakra that you're really trying to open and it will open up with a jolt and Ooh, like yeah like and yeah and also just um I, we've talked before about like um in the mornings i really like to just um just like i'll when i pour like a cream into my coffee i'll do like clockwise to just sort of set an intention and like bring that intention into my day or you can do counterclockwise if there's something to banish like if you've been getting like a lot of negative vibes at your job lately like go for that counterclockwise stir and that actually is very reminiscent of um some of the pendulum healing but uh it depends on what hand you are so i'm left-handed so all those are opposite for me so, right right <laughs> it just uh it kind of throws me every single time because i'm like oh man okay i am doing this right i'm left-handed um but uh you could also do the you know like the lemon water in the morning or the fruit infused waters those can also be fine for you know intentions and all that if you don't want to do tea you could do lemon in your water or or something like that so then crock pots, we kind of touched on those, but it's a modern slow cooking cauldron. So uh, tons of winter recipes goes back to your root chakra. Lots of you can kind of make a spell and infuse it into your meal. And then you are eating something that's going to do something amazing for you. But also, you know, if you want to just set up the crock pot with some simmering herbs and just have it going for a while to get the smell could do that 
so then there's a thing about lattes getting a milk wand. Oh, the milk frother wand. Okay. I don't exactly know. Oh, latte sigils in your morning drink. Right, right. So, I mean, if you want to be fancy, then sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just, um, there you go. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would, I'm like, so when I need my coffee, I can't really, I'm like barely human. Like there's drool coming out of the side of my mouth. I'm shuffling. Um, my eyes are half open. I can't imagine yeah, trying to make absolutely. a Absolutely. I cannot do anything super fancy in the mornings. Like my way of making my uh, coffee magical in the morning is to stir it. <laughs> like that's all that I have the effort for. All right. So anyways, the other thing is, what was it? Oh, just like pine boughs for protection. And again, with the space clearing, you know, cleaning everything out, setting intentions, whether you you are going to be connecting with ancestors, uh, bringing in, you want to clear the space so you can bring in the spirits easier, but also uh, clear the space if you want to like get rid of some negative energy or kind of um, crummy spirits. And also like feeding the birds and animals is a really great way to connect with nature and abundance and paying it forward by like, you know, feeding others. You can also volunteer. This is a great time of year for volunteering and just kind of any way, like, you know, if you I hate to use this as, as an example, cause it's kind of, <laughs> kind of like the, I don't know, but like paying it forward in the drive through. Right. Right. Although um, <laughs> I think that like they saw something recently about how like people who are actually like working food service, like hate the pay word, paid forward thing, <laughs> because then it's like, or ever orders get mixed up. There's mass confusion. Like um, it's kind of it just. And then you're basically just like paying for somebody who um, like has the money to buy Star- Star- Starbucks in the first place. So it's like it, it, the best way to pay it forward, people, is to tip your server. Yeah. Like take like if you're gonna pay for somebody's eight dollar coffee. Like, I know that this is going to seem crazy, but maybe you could take those that $8 and, like, throw it into the tip jar. All right. So, anyways, uh, just as a, one other thing to kind of, I know we're going over time and <laughs> Podbean's going to shut us off soon because we only have two hours. But uh, I just wanted to touch on um, winter solstice rituals around the world. So, if you uh, kind of are in the mood to travel at some point... <laughs> yep it's coming back it's coming back it's coming back it comes and goes i mean now like i are there more travel restrictions again or i don't even know but i'm triple vac so um, i feel like i can take my chances (laughs) there you go so um but anyways according to time and i found some different places this is only one um article that i found but uh Time Magazine, time.com, had winter solstice rituals around the world. And one of them was getting scared by Krampus in Austria. So um, in Hollebrunn, Austria, during the winter solstice, a swarm of people 
that are dressed like Krampus, the half-demon, half-goat counterpart to Santa Claus that terrorizes and teases the crowd in horned masks, fur body suits, and whips. Um, it almost kind of straddles that, like, BDSM community, too. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah, like, European uh, traditions, like, around the season can be wild. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that at some point. That could be fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that my, I have a cousin who lives in Bloomington, Indiana, and they have a Krampus parade every year. In which really? the ba- Yeah, in which the bad children are taken away in wooden cages. Oh my gosh. And that's yeah. in Bloomington? Yeah. We might have to do that next year. Just like take a road trip out there and go and see it. Because that sounds really cool. Right. <laughs> That is something that I'd like to see once. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, Krampus. The traditional Krampus run in Austria is believed to ward off bad spirits near the winter solstice. It's also a source of local entertainment. So there you go. Uh, the creatures, last year, the creatures wielded torches, charged at delighted guests, and jumped over security gates to lightly whip people. <laughs> lightly whip them. <laughs> don't, be, <laughs> don't, don't worry, people. It's only lightly. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, you know, like a a light spanking is kind of fun. You just don't want to be like totally bruised all over your butt. (laughs) Unless you ask for it. Yeah. God. Unless that's your thing. There's no judgment there. Uh You know, it takes a lot to bruise. Story for for another pod. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So anyways, it's a family friendly event. (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. Uh, So anyways, in Ireland. through a lottery, um, dozens of people can stand inside the Newgrange Monument and absorb the first rays of the sun as they that fill sounds the so chain. cool. <laughs> I don't even know anything about this, but it's the a burial mound in Ireland's Boyne Valley that's over five thousand years old. It contains a sixty-two foot passage. It leads into a chamber that's aligned with the sun, and as it rises during the winter solstice. Um, you can kind of see all that play out. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. <laughs> wow, that's like Indiana Jonesy. Right? Yeah, I almost feel like yeah, that's something that's going to like whisk you into the past. <laughs> oh wow. So between December 19th and the 23rd around dawn, the sunlight pierces through the top of the chamber and illuminates it for about 17 minutes. So uh, 32,500 people applied for the spot inside the chamber this year, but only 60 of them made it because, you know, the lottery. So 60 of them were selected. I guess that's a better way to put it. It makes it sound like (laughs) it's dangerous or something. No, it's just it's 60 were selected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The lottery always sounds like it gives off uh, Shirley Jackson vibes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Great story, though. Really great story. That's that's for the um kind of the springtime though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For the harvest. Where so, <laughs> the, the harvest is is was I guess they were sacrificed during the harvest, but I always think about like for a good crop, I would think to ground in the person like during the spring. <laughs> <laughs> To ensure it. <laughs> yeah, to ensure it could come. Okay, so that, that is another podcast. Um, so the next one is soaking in baths full of fruit in Japan. And oh my god. Great. It's great, but it's also adorable because they do it at the zoos as well. And there's what? a 
little pond of capybaras, the cutest animal in the world. It's the the animal kingdom's friend. It does not have a natural enemy. It's friends with everyone. And it, there's like fruit bobbing around in the water and they're all taking a bath. It's adorable. So, so cute. Seriously, I, my, and I can't say my spirit animal because that's cultural appropriation, but my power animal would be the capybara. Yep. <laughs> oh, love it. And it's, they're in a hot bath with yuzu fruits, yuzu citrus fruits. Very cute. So apparently people can take the bath though too. Not with the capybaras. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, why couldn't you just like, yeah, just slice up some citrus fruits and throw it into your bath? It sounds delightful. Yes, it doesn't have to be. Um, Turn yourself into a simmer pot. Ooh, a, see, there you go. You can combine things and yeah, hippos and capybaras enjoyed the fruit filled baths last December at the zoo. Okay. And in Korea, good luck on the solstice is associated with red bean porridge. So they'll often make the dish to both eat and spread around the house to keep evil spirits away. Yeah, I know that um, in Asian countries, like red bean pastries are actually like very sweet and super delicious. Oh, yeah. Well, and even um, those mochi balls and the red bean ice cream. Yeah. Yummy. Uh, And then uh, also Stonehenge. So uh, this also sounds very cool. This sounds like it would be like... Kind of like an awesome uh, like a Christmas thing to do. Oh yeah, oh, I can't even. This is going to be on my list of things to to attain at some point. Um, so you can go to the prehistoric site and sing and dance and play instruments and kiss the stones and do yeah, yoga and wait for the sunrise. Sounds like a giant party at Stonehenge. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it sounds so fun. Oh, so many things to put on my list of manifestation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So many things. We're going to have to revisit that for the uh, new year and intention setting, goal setting. Yep. Put it on a vision board. So uh, if there's anybody who has any types of winter magic or rituals that they want to share that we haven't mentioned that are cool or fun or interesting or different, go ahead and please reach out to us. Uh, We'd love to wish everybody a wonderful winter solstice, a wonderful uh, Yule season, and just all of make the most of the winter magic. That's all I got to say. Yes, exactly. However you celebrate, celebrate with gusto this year. <laughs> <laughs> so until uh, next time, I hope everybody out there stays mystical. Good night, my witches.